All right, y'all know what it is. Holy Sports, episode four. It is the most wonderful time of the year. Hot damn, it's draft season, people. I know a lot of us been cooped up in the house without sports, and the draft couldn't come at a better time. Because right now, we are hurting. So, in this episode, I want to be real quick. I'm just going to give you a slight what I think is going to happen with the teams. Um, and this is necessarily not going to go in order. It's the draft order right now. Of course, trades can happen, but I'm just going to align players that I think fit with the teams. And this is what I think they'll end up doing, uh, barring, you know, trading out of the whole first round or something like that. But uh, as always, uh, comment, subscribe. Let me know something. If you feel as though I'm totally off on something, let's know. Let me know. Let's talk about it. If you feel like I'm on point with something, give me a five star. You know what I mean? Let's do this. Let's build this up. So without further ado, we're just going to jump right into it. Um, first pick, Joe Burrow. Enough said. I comped them to Tony Romo. I think they have a very similar skill set and traits. Um, I think Cincinnati is low-key building uh, a few good pieces on offense. I'm not in necessarily agreement with their free agency strategy on defense so far, but they're trying to figure it out. They do have a young coach. They do have uh, dynamic playmakers on the offensive side. So I think Joe Burrow is there and, you know, he stays in his hometown. Speaking of hometown, number two pick, best player in the draft, Chase Young. It's an easy pick to make. Um, I compared him to a Javon Curse type of player. I mean, he's just that freakish. Six uh, five, two sixty five, can bend, has speed. I think he's going to be a nice piece for Ron Rivera and the Redskins defensive line. After this, they will have a tremendous pass rush uh, with this pick, and then they can start focusing on some of the other needs that they have, rebuilding that O line, adding some more uh, people to the secondary. Getting another wide receiver to play with Young Promise, a.k.a. Scary Terry. Uh, keep an eye on the Redskins. I think they're one of those teams that can go from worst to first in terms of their division. And I'm excited for this NFL season regardless. Next up, here's where a lot of the, the week of the draft BS is happening, right? Here's where teams are lying to you. I don't think there's a team that's really going to trade up to three with the Lions. I think they desperately want to get a team to trade up with them. I just don't see that happening. And I'll explain that later when I get to the two teams that have been rumored the most likely to trade up. But I think the Lions sit here. Um, a lot of people think that they can take Jeff Okuda. Jeff Okuda is a higher rated player than who I think they're going to take, which is uh, Derek Brown, all, uh, defensive tackle out of Auburn. Um, I compared him to Brandon Williams uh, for the Ravens. He's just a big interior guy. But he's also quick. He's also nimble. He blows up the play. Um, and last year, he helped his draft stock tremendously by just coming in and being dominant for an Auburn team that had no business going as far as it did uh, due to players like Derek Brown that was just helping wreak havoc on the defensive side. Here's why I don't think they go Jeff Okuda with this pick. I do not think Jeff Okuda is the pick here simply because you just had an all-pro cornerback. Your team wasn't that good. So all pro cornerback, even if Jeff Akuda can attain that level, I don't know if that's really going to get you back to where you want to go. Now, I personally think Derek Brown is the pick just simply because look at your moves in free agency. So far, you've got rid of Mike Daniels. You've got rid of Snacks Harrison. That defense that Matt Patricia wants to run, is he needs somebody for that Vince Woolfork role. Derek Brown is the obvious no-brainer here. Moving on, the Giants, 
I think this may be a prime spot for some teams to trade up to get an offensive lineman. And I think the Giants would entertain that. But if they do stay here, the pick that I would like to see them make is Isaiah Simmons. Linebacker, safety, slot corner, you name it, he does it. It's it's similar actually to who they ended up getting in the Odell Beckham trade by getting Jabril Peppers to play safety. Um, kind of one of those we just call defensive weapons, right? You can line them up really anywhere and they're a productive player, except Isaiah Simmons is about 20 pounds heavier, hits a lot harder and covers more ground. So that's who I think that they should end up taking. My comparison to him was Brandon Browner. He's just a big dude. And he, you know, if I compared him to Brandon Browner because the measurables were very similar, but imagine if Brandon Browner was able to line up at safety and line up at linebacker and line up at slot corner scary man next up i have the dolphins at number five taking tua tunga Bailoa, quarterback out of alabama a lot of people are going to say he's like him and the next available quarterback prospect differ on about 10 pounds so uh, a lot of people are going to point to the injury history that's understandable he's had two ankle surgeries and a hip surgery but here's why the dolphins i think do it I don't know if the Dolphins are in win-now mode, and if I were the Dolphins, I don't think they're going to be in win-now mode at this point. So, if you end up with Tua, you end up having a guy that you can sit behind Josh Rosen, sit behind Ryan Fitzpatrick, even if it's up until the preseason is over, or halfway through the year, when he is fully cleared for physical activity. He just got cleared to throw a ball. Some doctors are trying to say he was clear for physical activity, but if he had a lineup right now behind the Dolphins' current offensive line, he's probably on IR by week three. So here's why I think that they do take Tua. They start building around that offensive line. They start adding pieces to kind of take teams' ability to just pin their ears back and go get the quarterback away. And that's where I think the The Los Angeles Chargers with number six are going to take Justin Herbert. Here's where I am disagreeing with what I think is going to happen. Uh, but I, and the reason why I disagree is quite simple. I think that Tara Taylor is a serviceable quarterback. I think the Chargers could really benefit from using this premium pick on a different player that's actually at a position of need. And here's why I'm a kind of against quarterback three and down in the first round. You still have Cam Newton out there on free agency. You still have Jamie Swinson out there on free agency. Andy Dalton, Derek Carr. There's quite a few options that seem to be had. So investing a premium first round pick in a quarterback, although I, it's going to happen. I just don't know if that's necessarily the best fit for what your team needs to do right now. I have Justin Herbert as a Ryan Tannehill clone. He has a bit of a strong arm, just like Tannehill does. He's mobile, just like Tannehill. He makes good decisions like Tannehill, but he needs to be in the right system and fall into the right place. The Chargers got their quarterbacks hit quite a few times last year in Phillip Rivers, but I think having a younger quarterback back there, I think them being able to be more fast paced with Terod Taylor initially, and then if Justin Herbert succeeds uh, Terod Taylor, you have a good running back in place. You have good weapons and wide receivers and tight ends. You're building an offensive line. You got younger at guard. I think that the Chargers should use this pick for something else, but I think the pick is going to end up being Justin Herbert. 
Moving on, the, the slide stops for one of my favorite players in this draft, and that's Jeffrey Okuda. I think that the Carolina Panthers have addressed a lot of needs, and I think that them having Matt Rule come over from college, knowing uh, he saw firsthand what a lot of these guys in this draft are capable of, and Jeffrey Okuda, make no mistake, put him over there. Panthers are in a division right now with the Saints and their aerial attack, Tampa Bay with their aerial attack, Atlanta with an aerial attack. They're going to be racking up on cornerbacks and secondary help. And right now, you just have Dante Jackson um, because James Bradbury left in free agency. So I think this is a no-brainer pick for the Panthers to grab Jeffrey Okuda. Next up, Arizona. Here's where we start to see the offense alignment come off the board. And I think the best offensive lineman for Arizona right now is Andrew Thomas. I think he'll have the ability to kick out to the right side, play right tackle, allow DJ Humphreys to man the left side. And I think Arizona is kind of gearing up to have a very dynamic offense, one where they can play fast if they want to and play slow when they need to. And I think that this pick is just super solid. I compared him to Ronnie Stanley coming out the left tackle for Baltimore, and I think that they have very similar traits. They have very similar builds. They have very similar bodies of work so far um, coming out of college. So I do like the pick there. I think Andrew Thomas is the right choice for Arizona uh, to keep Kyler Murray off the ground. Next up, Jaguars. Now, Jacksonville was a very, very weird team to try to mock people to because they're in the middle of a fire sale we're tearing it all down rebuild but then at the same time they are also uh trying to build in uh a team around Gardner Minshew and I think that this trying to figure out who or where they would go I your guess is as good as mine on this one I personally think they should take Javon Kinlaw um just build on that interior D-line you just lost Calais Campbell um, you're in the middle of a Twitter argument right now with the best player on your team in Yannick Ngakwe. I think this is, and Leonard Fournette is on the block, apparently. It, I don't I don't know where to really spot this one, but I do think that the Jaguars, with all that said, is just going to go with the safe pick. The safe pick is Jerry Judy. Compared to Malato Amari Cooper coming out, he's very fluid, route running, very fast, good breaks, good anticipation. The one thing that he needs to clean up is he had quite a few drops, right? Now, of course, he had a left-handed quarterback in Tua. Ball spins a different direction of what you're used to seeing most of your career or most of his life probably leading up to being at Alabama. Now, make no no excuse. It's the NFL. You got to adjust, kid. It it just is what it is. But I like the way Gardner Minshew and Jerry Judy can kind of form a connection. And I think after you do a move like that, I think Jacksonville's wide receiver core becomes very, very good. Now, next up, the Cleveland Browns. I think that they were in on Andrew Thomas, and I think that they're going to try to jump in front of Arizona to get Andrew Thomas, but uh, they just miss him. And I think that because they just miss him, they'll go for one of the guys with a high ceiling in this draft, and that's Mekhi Becton. 6'7", 364 pounds, a mountain of a person. So I think you grab him. You are in a division right now where that def- those defensive lines are humming and they're coming and they're coming at Baker Mayfield's neck. So what I would do is I would get an enforcer just like that. 
Makai Becton, I think, could improve on his pass blocking, but there's no question and no doubt that he's a terrific run blocker already. You bring in Becton, you can play him on the left side. You already brought in uh, a right tackle from Tennessee. Was it Conklin? Yeah, you brought in Jack Conklin um, from Tennessee to man the right side. So you added bookend on the other side, and I think you got an offense. Now, the Jets, they're crying tears right now because I believe that they did the most homework and they really wanted Jerry Judy. I think this is a prime, prime, prime spot for them to try to trade back if Jerry Judy is not there. But if they end up sticking with the pick, it's not really a bad consolation. Right now, I think they're going to go wide receiver. You have two good ones to choose from. You got CeeDee Lamb. You got Henry Ruggs. What will they value most? I think they're going to go Ruggs. Ruggs is 5'11", 188, but keep in mind, I mean, the speed is off the charts. The kid is really compared to Tyreek Hill. I think that's a bit rich in comparison. Um, I kind of see him more as uh, what Miko Harmon did last year. And I know his comp was also Tyreek Hill. It's like if you run a 4-2, you're Tyreek Hill or whatever. But what I think is uh, he's a super solid kid in terms of his his character i think he is somebody that can also help your team in the kick return game he can help your team uh, as a slot as an x or as a wide wide receiver and he brings you just a different dynamic of stretching the field that they did have um, in robbie anderson but i think henry ruggs is able to do it a little bit more consistently so i'm taking henry ruggs with this pick now speaking of tears right uh the jets were crying that Jaguars took Jerry Judy in this one. The Raiders acquiring that they didn't get Henry Ruggs. And that's why I think that that number eight spot with uh, Arizona could be a trade-up spot. I think number six, that Charger spot could be a trade-up spot for this particular team. And that's the Raiders. I think the Raiders have a needed wide receiver. They have a needed cornerback. Uh, maybe some defensive linemen in the interior. Maybe an offensive lineman, linebacker. Who knows? They got another pick a little bit later. And if I'm sitting at the board right now, I still have a pretty good idea of who I think that they are going to target or go after. And for me, I think it's CD Lamb. 6'2", 198. The kid can run. My comp was Devontae Adams in terms of his route running ability. Great hands, great vision. He came in a little bit slower on the combine speed but when you actually watch him he does have the ability to separate he does have the ability to catch balls down the field and honestly uh his comp being Devonte adams it might be a little bit closer to what they already have in tyrell williams except he's healthy so i think that's a good idea pair them up give Derek carr or marcus mariota who wins out of camp a honest chance at that starting job and get them somebody that they want and need Next up, 49ers. Now, the 49ers, I think, would benefit the most from one of those first three wide receivers. But with those wide receivers off the board, 49ers can go in a variety of ways. We have heard recently that Quan Alexander is on the block. D. Ford is on the block. They just lost DeForest Buck. Which is why I think that the best pick for the San Francisco 49ers at this stage of the game is going to be Javon Kinlaw. He's one of my higher rated players on the board. I gave him a very uh, Indomitian Sioux type of comparison coming out. But I mean, the kid is, he, he fills 
both of those holes if they are looking to move D Ford or even if they just want to insert him in that DeForest Buckner role, I think he'll survive. I do think that the 49ers take a look at CJ Henderson here because they do need to replace a corner and get some speed. But for right now, I think that Javon Kinlaw sliding this far down the board, there's no way that they're going to pass him up with the receivers already being taken ahead of him. Now on to my homer pick. Now, I do have to mention Tampa Bay. I really don't know what you're doing. And you're going to see this in another pod. Um, A lot of people are praising the moves that have made thus far. If you are not aware, Tampa Bay did sign Tom Brady this offseason. And thus, they have just traded for Rob Gronkowski. So now you have Tom Brady, you have Rob Gronkowski. And the rumor is you're shopping OJ Howard for another tackle. But instead of doing that, I think if this player is still on the board and you're able to take him, uh, send that uh, card into the commissioner instantly. And that's Jedrick Wills, right tackle out of Alabama. He protected to his blind side, uh, being that to his left-handed quarterback. He protected his blind side. He kept him upright for a lot of those Alabama days. And you get a super solid player, in my opinion. Um, his his measurables are there. He's fiery. He's actually very, very athletic. Um, he plays basketball as well at Alabama. But the one thing that I do like, he has power. He has balance. And his feet are very good, even if he gets beat off of the uh, off of the line of scrimmage. So that's something that I think Tampa's going to need. You're going to need a right tackle over there to keep Tom Brady in this offense running. Because you're in an offense with Bruce Arians. He requires a lot of a lot of um, long developing plays. So I think they'll add some quick plays in there for Tom Brady, of course, just to get some rhythm throws in. But I think he'll want to take some shots. And when he does, you're going to need time. And Tampa Bay just doesn't have the right side of that offensive line correct at this point to give a quarterback time. So that is my pick for Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'll cash that. Now, moving on to the Denver Broncos. Here's what I think they're going to do with all of these projected linemen that are, you know, great. I think the the Denver Broncos are trying to build from the inside out. I think they're going to go some trench warfare right here. They did make a couple of moves in the offseason already to address some skill positions. So I think that the pick right here is Tristan Wirfs. For a lot of people, they were the number. This was their number one offensive lineman coming out of school. However, he does have a little bit of. Is he a tackle? Is he a guard? And typically, offensive linemen that can be seen as a plus, but sometimes it can also be seen as a negative when you get to the next level because you don't have a set position. And this is not like if I'm a I'm a slot receiver and I have to kick out outside. This is a little bit different because if you're talking about an offensive line now. What if they already have a guard at the left side? So now I got to kick over right. So now I'm kind of mirroring or changing everything that I've ever known about this position that I got drafted so high to play. So for me, with the top wide receivers off the board already, I think that the Broncos are going to go Tristan Wirfs. Falcons are next up at 16. Now this is a prime spot for the Falcons to trade. I, I would think that the Falcons would have traded up already. However, the player that they want sitting right there. We don't have to talk about it no more. C.J. Henderson, cornerback, Florida. Long, rangy, built like Richard Sherman, 
he's able to strike he's able to jab he fits well with the defensive scheme that cover three scheme that they're running down there in atlanta atlanta just gave up on desmond trufant who had a promising start but then kind of tailed off with injuries the last few years um i think they grabbed cj henderson i think he fills that role well and he'll be able to chase down a lot of those wide receivers uh, in the nfc south now america's team dallas cowboys We've seen them swing and miss quite a few times at this type of player, but this time I think they get it right. They take edge rusher Kalevon Chason out of LSU. The comp I have for this guy is Dan, uh, Danielle Hunter, the defensive end out of Minnesota. They're built very similar, even at LSU. If you watch both of their tapes, it's, it's freakish how similar they look in a pair of pads and how similar a lot of their pass rush moves are. But he's very agile, he's very flexible, he's very strong. And we saw Dallas do this with Taco Charlton, with Randy Gregory, with a bunch of other uh, kind of these type of hybrid defensive end prospects that kind of don't pan out sometimes. I think this is one that he is a little bit more of a developmental player. But if you can exert the full ability of this kid, sky's the limit. So I like that pick right there. Um, and because the Falcons took CJ Henderson, I think this pick makes a lot of sense for Dallas. So the Dolphins, second pick, um, and they can go a myriad of ways. You do have Tua that you took earlier. Now you gotta get a tackle. Best tackle right now left, Joshua Jones, Houston. Very long frame, 6'5", 319. Very good athlete, has been. He's able to get to different blocks. He's able to play uh, very quick in and out of his stance. He climbs up to the second level, so he's a good run blocker. I think this is the pick here. You got to keep Tua upright. I would entertain a running back at this pick, but the Dolphins still have another pick in the first round. And that's where I think they'll end up going running back. Next up, the Raiders. The Oakland Raiders have basically every need that they had when John Gruden first started again. So they had these positions that... They now all of a sudden need again. You need a wide receiver because you traded Amari Cooper. You need a cornerback because you missed on Gary on Conley. You need an edge rusher because you gave away Khalil Mack. Now, granted, all of those players were going to get paid, I feel like, except Connolly maybe. And they did get paid except Connolly. Um, but you still have to replace what you, what you lost and try to get back to that pinnacle of success that you think you can have. So with this pick, Honestly, the Raiders' needs are a little bit all over the board. I personally do not think that they're going to stick with Derek Carr that much longer. Now, you already got your one need out of the way with CeeDee Lamb pick, right, at number 12 earlier in this draft. So is this a, a dart throw position that you're going to take maybe a Jordan Love or Jacob Eason? I don't think so. I think that the Raiders do have quite a few third round picks that they're, they can use to move up into the second to grab one of the developmental quarterback prospects that you can sit behind Mariota and Carr. But my money right now is on Mike Mayock's love for whoever plays in the national championship game, finding championship pedigree players, high character players. And I think the pick is going to be AJ Terrell, cornerback out of Clemson. A lot of people have a sour taste in their mouth because 
of the national championship game where he faced oh Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase in the number one offense in college football but throughout the last two years he's been a super solid cornerback he's faced some of the top talent and he's held his own for the most part um, and even in that national championship game he straightened up by the second half so I think this is the pick here I think teams are going to start going very super 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 safe lately and I think that's where the proper pick should be back on the clock is Jacksonville so I do think Jacksonville will end up with three first rounders in this draft I think they do end up flipping Yannick and Gakwe on draft day um and hope they hope that they can get a first for him um I don't know if a team is going to part with the first for a guy that they immediately have to turn and pay as well but here's where I think the Jags um, could go there is news that they're shopping Leonard Fournette and I know that they're unhappy with that I don't think they have another running back on the roster here's where I took a look at safety for for the Jacksonville Jaguars and this is a prime Grant Delpit spot to me but with that being said I think that there's some truth to them getting um, to them getting Leonard Fournette out of there. So you're going to just replace him. That's what they've been doing. That's the theme. So you got Jerry Judy earlier. I think you get DeAndre Swift in this one. Running back out of Georgia. A lot of these running backs are going to get dinged on because if you look at their tape, a lot of their best runs of the season, they're running through holes the size of 20 yards. There's not people. There's not. A defender within the film really and that's a testament to them still having the vision to be able to bounce or make that one cut and hit that hole but a lot of this is schemes play calling offensive lines and you have Georgia that has probably three offensive tackles that are I mean three offensive linemen they're going to be drafted pretty high and pretty early so uh, with that being said I do think DeAndre Swift is this one of the safer picks at running back so far I mean, he shows you vision. He shows you balance. Um, I think coming out, he's going to be uh, a dynamic playmaker. His comparison right now is Dalvin Cook. Um, they have a similar... I don't think he was as injured as Dalvin Cook has been over the course of his college career. But uh, we see what Dalvin Cook is doing now in the NFL. And they have similar running styles. So that's what I would say. For the Eagles... Uh, the name of the game is speed this offseason for the most part and for me the Eagles get one of my favorite wide receivers coming in this draft it is not necessarily the sexiest pick for speed but this gentleman did show up at the combine and did run a sub 4-4 and that is Justin Jefferson wide receiver out of LSU I mean the pick is simple they need somebody that is shorthanded and that has speed that can separate this guy's proven that he is shorthanded. He has very good route running and he has deceptive speed where it doesn't look like he's really pulling away, but he knows how to pull away at the point of the catch. He knows how to get, use certain routes to create space for himself. I compare this player to Reggie Wayne just because they reminded me a lot of each other when Reggie Wayne was coming out of Miami. Just a dynamic person that for some reason, cornerbacks always underestimated when it when it came to either speed or ability to catch the ball, but somehow they just got up and they got the, and they ended up getting the catch. So that's what I think uh, for this young gentleman right here. Next up, Vikings. Right now they're having a very weird battle 
um, with their defensive line. And I think that that is a need. I think cornerback is a need. I think wide receiver is probably a need. So in this particular situation, we're going to go ahead and give them some, some help at corner. Now stop me where you've heard this before. The Minnesota Vikings take a very highly recruited cornerback. It almost seems like every other year the Vikings follow that Marvin Lewis Cincinnati Bengals model where they just take a new corner, take a new corner, develop them, develop them, develop them. Well, this year they're going to need that development to come quick because they lost Trey Waynes. They lost Xavier Rhodes. They've lost a lot of players in that secondary so far they have two good safety still keep that in mind and i think that this is a position where they're going to end up bringing back everson griffin because at first defensive end was a gaping hole for them but i think they end up bringing everson griffin back so i am going to go with cornerback i am going to go with jalen johnson out of utah and to put it quite simple the guy's an athlete he's a playmaker he has the size um, to keep up he has a very good burst and agility for recovery in short spaces. So he's able to come up and make those short tackles for screens and running backs, uh, tosses and outside sweeps. But he's also going to be able to keep up with corners trying to run double moves and things like that. And when you're in that division and you're seeing Devontae Adams twice a year, you're going against Kenny Galladay's and the Marvin Joneses of the world. And you're looking at uh, even, even uh, Allen Robinson's and players like that. It's going to be something that is going to be valued. Um, there's a few other players that I think uh, could be a little bit better of a fit, but I think they're a little small and speed type of guys as opposed to a bigger physical guy that can also keep up. And I think that those type of players are always going to get taken. Um, I did think about Trayvon Diggs at this spot, but being as they just traded his brother, Stefan Diggs, I don't think that that's necessarily going to be the fit. So... Now we are off to the New England Patriots and one of the more puzzling teams that I <laughs> that I kind of was grading out because I was thinking of what are they actually going to do. Um, I do think that they take a dip in that uh, pool of quarterbacks that are in that free agency still and have them compete with Jarrett Stidham. But to me, they have Jarrett Stidham. They have Brian Hoyer. It would make sense for the Patriots just to add a dynamic playmaker and who's more dynamic than somebody that you can tame down i think the pick is simple jordan love quarterback out of utah state i'm not buying the he's a patrick mahomes i mean i've seen some people even compare him to colin kaepernick in terms of his ability to take off but his ability to also stand in the pocket and throw a rifle and i think that that's something that the new england is going to cherish and value i think they already have the short pass game down in terms of how they call plays in their offensive scheme. And I think he's a fit uh, for Bill Belichick to be able to kind of teach the bad habits out of him and to be able to gain the most out of his actual ability. I think Jordan loves the pick there. Now the Saints, um, this is a pretty easy uh, call for me in terms of what I think the Saints will do. And it's sitting right in their backyard. Patrick Queen out of LSU. I mean, it's he, he's basically another clone of Quan Alexander coming out fast as ever, except the one thing that I give Patrick Queen after watching him a little bit more than I gave Quan was his ability to just wrap up and do small tackles. Uh, Quan Alexander's big problem coming out 
was he couldn't do the simple tackles because he wanted to run as fast as he can and blow somebody up. And that works in college. It doesn't necessarily translate that well in the NFL when a lot of these guys have a lot more balance. They're bigger, they're they're faster, they're stronger. I like what Patrick Queen is able to do when he just simply wraps people up. And in a division where you have Christian McCaffrey and now you have Todd Gurley, Tampa doesn't really have a running back worth mentioning right now, so we won't get to there, but you're keeping up with a lot of those players. You're now gonna have to keep up with the tight ends across the board. Whether you're keeping up with Hayden Hurts, whether you're keeping up with Rob Gronkowski, um, I think that this is something that's going to be definitely needed for New Orleans to enter that next phase. Up next, we got the Vikings again. So our first time we ended up taking um, cornerback Jalen Johnson. Now, this is the pick that I was scared that the Patriots would actually steal if the Vikings chose to... Uh, go Jalen Johnson, but being as the Patriots still have a hole at quarterback, and I think that gives them more value. Here's one of my favorite players in the entire draft, Itor Grossmetos. He's a defensive lineman out of Penn State. I compared him to J.J. Watt. He has a tremendous, uh, tremendous burst, tremendous first step. Uh, his twists, they're fluid, they're fast. He has bend. He's able to get around those cut block attempts People going across his face with stunts is not something that uh, he's going to necessarily have problems or issues with. And honestly, he reminds me a lot of J.J. Watt. And that's my comparison or my comp pick to him. I love this kid. His backstory is truly tragic. If you ever have a chance to look, uh, take a look into this guy's profile. But you won't have to do it on your own because after he's making a few plays on the next level next year, you're going to know about it. So... Again, I'm rooting for this kid in terms of character. I do like his fit with the Vikings, and I think this is the pick. So the Dolphins. Next up, we have them taking uh, Joshua Jones, offensive tackle. We have them taking Tua Tungavailoa. Here's where they get that running back of the future. Here's where they get a true workhorse. And a guy that racked up back-to-back 2,000-yard seasons at Wisconsin. Jonathan Taylor comes off the board. I do think that running backs are being talked about as being devalued. And teams aren't going to grab them and things of that sort. But I don't think running backs are being devalued. I think feature running backs are going to be devalued. I think a lot of these teams realize it's a lot easier to have running back by committee. Keep your instant playmaker fresh. The, the Dolphins signed Jordan Howard in the offseason. I do not think he's going to be there to be their starter. And with DeAndre Swift already off the board, Jacksonville, Jonathan Taylor's your next best home run hitter. And I think that he's the pick right there. Next up, Seattle at 27. Here's something that I like um, for them. And this is a guard by the name of Cesar Ruiz. Now, he can play guard or he can play center. And... The comparison for him was Rodney Hudson. I mean, he's a stout individual, six foot four, three nineteen, plays with balance, but he also plays with a very low center of gravity. And the one thing I think the Seahawks are going to need in this draft is going to be instant, uh, instant gratification on these picks. So they're going to get players with high, high, high floors and even higher ceilings, and that's what this guy is. So coming out of Michigan, he was very good on double team and down blocks. He's going to help their running game tremendously. You can point him, stick him at any guard position or the center position, 
and you got an instant pro bowler in my opinion um that's how good this kid is and that's how i think that they're going to exceed to go to the next level i still think they'll bring back Jadavian and clowny so there's no need to rush on uh overdrafting an edge player at this position or at this point so Caesar Ruiz is my guy for the draft. And keep in mind, the Seahawks do have a slew of picks in the second round, the third round, and the fourth. So that's where I think they're going to try to grab some more skilled players for their positions. Next up, the Baltimore Ravens. And if this draft fell this way, this would be a blessing because they get my absolute favorite middle linebacker, Kenneth Murray out of Oklahoma. I mean, in terms of neck for neck, with Patrick Queen in the speed department, which is a very high compliment. I like his toughness, his tenacity. I mean, the guy is all over the field, sideline to sideline. He replaces a lot of what the Ravens lost when CJ Mosley decided to leave in free agency. I don't think he's quite the playmaker that CJ Mosley was in terms of pass coverage, but I think in, if we're talking about running, and if we're talking about sideline to sideline, covering ground, this kid is a pick, man. Next up, Tennessee Titans. Now, if this player that I've selected for Tennessee came out last year, he would have almost been a locked top 10 pick. He went back to school um, and it hurt his draft stock just a little bit because he didn't have as great of a year as he did the year before. For the Tennessee Titans, you gave away Jarrell Casey. I think your top needs are going to be right tackle, offensive line, I mean, a right tackle and defensive line, particularly either in the middle or coming off the edge. So you have two options, really. I'll take I'll take the one that was in uh, who I think is going to be work better for them. And that's going to be A.J. Epinesa, uh, defensive end out of Iowa. And like Jarrell Casey, you can play him on that outside or you can play him on the inside. But either way, pairing this guy with Jeffrey Simmons. Um, even with Vic Beasley, who you added to give you some speed around the edge, I think is going to be a terrific uh, pairing and tandem in Tennessee. Next up, we got the Packers. For God's sake, get Aaron Rodgers' weapons that are actually good. Um, here's a player that I think is going to go up boards. Um, I don't particularly agree with how he's going up boards, but Jalen Rager out of TCU is going to be my pick here his comp right now is tory smith but uh what i like in jalen rager is he's fast he's able to uh get very vertical on his routes i mean he's doing uh some crazy post moves that a lot of players or a lot of teams that faced him just didn't see coming just because of when he decided to break or how much burst he showed as he broke so that's where i think that the green bay packers would entertain this pick here my only issue with this pick is simply he wasn't able to participate at the combine so much and he did his own pro day uh, as the coronavirus started affecting other schools pro day so he has a pro day that he taped himself that his agent was sending hand time 40 speeds at 424 and 425 out to teams and honestly uh that coming from your agent is not necessarily a glowing endorsement. Uh, but I think teams are not going to be denied that the kid does have speed. So I do think that this is the pick here. Now, 
back again is the 49ers. Um, they had a pick earlier in the draft because they gave up uh, DeForest Buckner and they took Javon Kinlaw. Solid pick. So how do you follow that up? You take another solid pick. Back-to-back TCU. We got Jeff Gladney coming off the board. Probably the only other person on TCU's roster that was keeping up with Jalen Rager and, you know, steel, steel, sharp and steel. So in this particular situation, I think Jeff Gladney is going to be the guy. He has the instincts. He has the urgency. He has the speed. Uh, 5'10", 191. He's still coming out at a good weight um, and height for what the 49ers are going to be able to use on that other side. And I think that this is going to be... Uh, a very, very solid pick for them in terms of getting some help in that secondary. Last but not least, in the first round, we have the Kansas City Chiefs. And one thing I noticed with the Kansas City Chiefs is that that offense is predicated on a good running back. And I think the one of the better running backs in this draft class who ultimately I think is going to end up out gaining um, DeAndre Swift and Jonathan Taylor is going to be my guy, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Running back at LSU, a lot of people knock him because he's 5'7". But at 5'7", at 207 pounds, he's so shifty. He's making moves in the phone booth to make players miss, man. Uh, unlike uh, what you saw out of Jonathan Taylor and out of DeAndre Swift where they're running in, you know, 10-yard 10, 10 wide holes, um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was not given that same opportunity. He was coming off tackle blocks a lot. He was catching the ball out the backfield a lot. And he was running into linebackers at every step. And he was making moves. He was shifty. He was juking out. And he was making sure that he ended up getting a positive game for his team. He is rated as the best run, uh, the best pass blocking running back coming out as well. And if I am Big Red in Kansas City, I think that that would be something that I would value. And having a running back that I can sit back there with Patrick Mahomes on first, second, and third down. And teams cannot guess what I'm doing. Teams do not know what I'm doing. Um, with that being said, I think this is a prime trade-out space for Kansas City. Because I think that fifth-year contract, I mean the fifth-year option on a contract, is what a lot of teams value nowadays. And I think personally, um, one of these other quarterback or offensive tackle prospects a team is going to jump into 32 just to solidify having that fifth-year option. And that's it. That's my wrap-up of the how I think the first round is going to go. Please stay tuned for more. As always, thank you for listening. Please like, rate, subscribe. Do what you need to do. See you.